You are listening to LP Uncovered, a music podcast hosted by myself, Lauren Plant. On this episode, I'm joined by the brilliant London-based duo Izzy Ferris and Archie Sylvester, who together are Ferris and Sylvester. They met back in 2017, performing as solo artists at Camden Spiritual Bar, and since then have gone on to play across the world on multiple tours, as well as releasing two fantastic EPs. In March this year, they released their highly anticipated debut album, Superhuman. The 12-track album really does showcase everything amazing about this wonderful, hilarious and super talented duo. So let's uncover Ferris and Sylvester's brilliant debut album, Superhuman. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Izzy and Archie. Um, we're literally just saying you just come back from America, so I really appreciate it. How how was it being in America? Yeah, it was great. As Izzy said, yeah, it's the first time we've been out there for two years for obvious reasons, and so we were we were really excited to get out there and a little bit nervous with going through customs and stuff like that, which <laughs> the, which is it was nerve wracking even a couple of years ago, but now it seemed like everybody was going to be on edge, but actually. When we got there, yeah. it was the the airports that we were flying to. It was like they were kind of grateful like, to actually have foreigners <laughs> coming in again. Come on, normally in. they're quite yeah. strict, aren't they? Normally, it's like question, question, question. But now yeah. they're just. I wouldn't take that as like a, a specific <laughs> statement that they're just going to let you in. Maybe no, that's we just true. Got a friendly guy on the customs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even yeah, even with all the right paperwork, you always feel like you're sort of. It's sort of squeaky bum time sitting on waiting for your head teachers to tell you off that sort of vibe. You feel like you've instantly done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to finally perform songs off Superhuman. We did. We did for the first time. So look, last time we were out there, we were recording half of the records sort of really late in 2019. And that was the last time we were out there. In fact, just before COVID began, we were due to fly out for South by in 2020. But it's sort of quite nice because then the album came out as we were in the air, as we were flying to America uh, this time round. And so it was sort of nice that we were bringing it back to almost where it started. That mm. felt quite nice. So Also very stressful releasing an album when you are 30,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was 10 hours. Super. Yeah. Was your phone notifications just going mad when you landed? Well, we, we tried to use the Wi-Fi on the plane. They did have oh, Wi-Fi. Is that a legit thing? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you not really, you not to, really, to be honest. You have to pay extra, and you're like, oh, this, this is going to be great. And honestly, it's like going back in time to to dial up. I mean, the fact that you can get any Wi-Fi on an aeroplane is probably amazing, but um, yeah. it was kind of made it even more stressful because we got nuggets. We got, <laughs> oh, I can't find this link. We're like, ah, because we obviously had um, we had our um, team prepped on the ground to deal with everything and anything yeah. that went wrong this is what we need to do I did, I did get told off before we took off because I was on the phone uh oh, you know how to do that are you? I didn't know that so <laughs> like at so a petrol station was like I was just like oh she'll yeah. be off the phone in just a second I had no idea she was getting really angry and was like <laughs> I'm going to have to call someone and like, I yeah. had no idea. I was just merrily chatting she, away. The, the lady, yeah. we were just about to take off and you know, they come around and they check, you got your seatbelts on and stuff. And I, uh, yeah. I hate seatbelts on an airplane. You're just I, too big. Well, <laughs> easy. Not, not, it goes not around my belly. <laughs> my legs are too they, long. Yeah. The seatbelt, I just kind of think, if you're going down, then 
you, you're going down whether you've got a seatbelt on or not on an aeroplane. This is the most depressing podcast. Start, brace, brace, brace. In a car, yeah, put your seatbelt on, lads. In an aeroplane, yeah. and this, again, don't take this as like yeah. a scientific fact, but I feel like if you're going to crash, you're dead whether you've got your seatbelt on or not. Right. By the way, I'm a nervous flyer, so can you imagine hey, me flying? Yeah, this not the most like, supportive. <laughs> literally like don't worry about the turbulence don't worry about anything we're quite the team i'm kind of like yeah if your airplane goes down then your number's up you made your peace with it there's no point worrying about it there's literally nothing you can do so just well i hope you said to the woman i'm on my phone because we just released our debut album love so what could you say i was like I didn't realise she was angry. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have some pretzels. Like, I had no idea that there was an issue. Um, she got really angry. She was yeah. like, um, I said, oh, I'm sorry, it's really important. It's just an emergency. And she said, yeah, it's actually also really important that the flight takes off on time. <laughs> and uh, so I Wow. Well, um, I should have said that's the beginning, but I'm feeling the pressure because not only are you guys obviously amazing songwriters, producers, just musicians, you're also podcast hosts. So you make well, it sound very easy, obviously, for Song Uncovered. Are you doing more of that? We would love to. We would love to. I mean, the album has sort of taken over our entire yeah. world for the past uh, six months, but we'd love to. We love doing it. Although, you're so um, good at it. It, thank you very much. I mean, but I, I was um, quite involved in the editing process. Cool. And it's one that, you know, we know how hard it is to host. So you're doing an amazing job. Oh, um, sure I have a really bad, well, I have a really bad stutter if I'm nervous. So I'd edit through and Archie's <laughs> so good. And he asks all the right questions and he always, everything, his comic timing is great. Comic, I don't think it's a c- comedy podcast. <laughs> no, but you're quite, you're just relaxed. Whereas me, I just had to edit out every single stutter every time i ask mm-hmm. someone a question it was like Ugh. oh that's what i'll be doing don't worry I'll be- it's a very hard job so um yeah congratulations yeah. well no i'll be stutching loads as well but i, I just want to say a huge congrats on the album uh, superhuman it's amazing and it really just showcase how amazing you guys are some of the songs from the album are from 2019 so how's it been i suppose finally having it out yeah it took a while would have been out faster um but you know a couple of things have happened over the last few years i you know probably didn't notice you probably um, didn't even notice it i'm not sure what you're on about no you know they're they're, they're affected they're they're affected everybody um and so you can't sit there and, and moan about it because it literally affected the whole world so um including us yeah so it was a bit it came out a bit later than we originally had hoped but um you know even more special when it eventually does come out um, mm. and so yeah it does feel it does feel great to finally have it out there because we've been sitting on it and we've been able to listen to it and actually even we were able to not listen to it for a yeah. period of time mm. like which, six months which meant that when we when we did listen to it eventually again it's you can almost listen to it with a little bit of objectivity and be able to actually just listen almost as somebody else um mm. Which is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, it feels great to finally have it out. And you said that you obviously recorded. So some of it was recorded in Seattle. Some was it in Cornwall. Some was it at home. Is that where you guys are now? Yeah, in this mm. room. Yeah. 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 And then some up north. Maybe. Oh, yeah. That was that was a fun oh, fact really? on This Is How My Voice Sounds, which is sort of the we nickname it like the monster of the album, mm. which makes it sound like a horrible song. <laughs> and we've also called it the nightmare of the album. Just because it was massive, it was such. It was this. It started off as okay. this like little stream of monologue song that then became this five and a half minute sort of um, 
yeah, big, monster. big ballad monster nightmare for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it went through loads of stages and one of the guitar lines that made it through onto the last version was actually out of a demo that we'd done when we were on tour and we hired an Airbnb for a couple of nights. Oh. And uh, it was this really weird Airbnb and it's where we kind of structured the chorus and got Archie's guitar hook and um yeah, we just never really replicated it. So mm-hmm. we always say like it's really important to demo stuff, but it's also important to you know it's important to not fall too madly in love with the demo so that you yeah. don't move away from it. But sometimes sometimes you get it right, and so you you know you don't want to be too precious about it. Like, How was it recording the album across different locations? Uh, well, yeah, really interesting. You know, I know it's not something that that everybody does, but the reason why for us we felt like it was the right thing was because. Um, We've always felt like the music that we we write definitely has a lot of American influences. And we were talking about this the other day, but that doesn't necessarily, it certainly doesn't mean that we're singing about American influences. We're British, you know, we've grown up our whole lives in the UK. We know about stuff from, you know, South London and stuff that British people know about. So we sing about that, we write about that, but maybe it might be fair to say that we put it in um in a, in an americana blues sounding context and you know it doesn't mean there's not british great british blues but we're all stealing it from <laughs> from the old american robert johnsons etc the, the american blues guys so yeah. um that's why we felt like doing half of it in america um and half of it in the uk was actually probably a good representation of us mm as as a songwriting partnership whereabouts um, in cornwall was it uh, we we did it at sawmills studio oh, nice. i believe has now closed down i i don't know this for a fact but i think we were certainly well we were certainly one of the last um bands to record mm. in there yeah. and we were we were also one of the first to record in there for a while so it was all it was a bit dusty when we got there but it's a legendary <laughs> studio you know in the 90s and the early 2000s it was the place to go mm. um and you have to you can only get there by boat or by walking along a, a train track. Um, oh, wow. And it's, it's the most remote place ever. It's just, it's incredibly beautiful. It's um, amazing. But if you don't have any milk, then <laughs> you, you honestly, it's like a two hour round trip to get some milk, which was all have, part of it. It was amazing. Yeah, do you have milk in your tea? That's the big question. I do. We of both course. do. Well, We're we English. That's, do. that's yeah. the other thing about if you go to America, they do not understand tea. They think you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> Putting milk in, really? Oh, and milk and tea. Yeah, they don't milk. get it. Oh, what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Disappointing. There you go. I'm learning we so ask, much about America. If you ask an American to make you a tea, they have to be very closely supervised because <laughs> it will it will actually probably come out with ice. Yeah, that's how they drink cool. tea. Okay, oh, ice right, tea. iced tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. iced tea peach. Yeah, yeah. That, that, ah. that's yeah. Yeah. Well, when I say I'm only thinking about films, that's like my reference to America pretty much. Like, oh, yeah. I saw Ice Tea in a film. So that means. It's- yeah. I know. I know what it's like. I said, yeah. That's pretty much me, too. It's like all the music and all the films, you know. Yeah. yeah exactly. You're actually going. You know everything that you know from, from all of that stuff. We yeah. Were really laughing when we in Austin, we went to the um, the shop, just a local supermarket, and we were trying to find tea bags. That's another tip. That's an important tip. If you go to America, you bring your own tea bags. Tea bags. If you yeah. like. Mm. Twinings, um, Yorkshire tea. That's my point. Whichever is is, <laughs> is your tipple, bring it with you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, we found some tea, um, Lipton's Lipton's, which is the tea mm-hmm. company over mm-hmm. there, 
And we were like, oh, that looks about right. And then it had a really funny um, message on the side. Try it hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, <laughs> Archie, are you from Somerset? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was, um, until I was 12, I was in just south of Croydon. Um, yeah. And then from the age of, yeah, 12, I was um, Ilminster, Somerset. Oh, um, nice. I mean, I'm yeah. Minehead, so it's not too far away. Right, yeah, I know I know Minehead, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, another West Country girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has the cider ever lived up to Somerset Cider, wherever you've been travelling, or? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Wait, what's the cider? What's the one? That's the lethal one? Oh. The Sheppies is a good I've been to the, the Sheppies. Um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, factory no valley yeah. what's it called cheddar valley oh the cheddar valley oh yeah, that's... gosh i've had some interesting times oh, drinking too much cider lauren so um okay. i actually i do really like i like dry cider i like proper scrumpy cider but um i have to admit i can't drink very much of it oh i can but um you don't want to be around if i if i do <laughs> <laughs> so, wow not in a nasty way just yeah, yeah. i uh, i've got lost a couple of times a lot of falling cider. over yeah oh, okay i'm gonna try and smoothly transition from cider back to the album somehow well oh, you can yeah. enjoy it with a glass of cider there you go yeah uh, look at this segue lovely yeah nice and smooth segue <laughs> i always talk about the artwork before we go through the tracks um mm. so that was shot in iceland was that a spontaneous moment or were you guys like this is where we're going for a photo shoot well so we we'd been twice before and it sort of became a bit of a tradition for us because when when we met, we met in February in 2016. We're very we're very old people now, um, and uh, no, we're not. We were very um, very young when we met. Obviously. We were very young people then. Very young people then. Young people now. <laughs> um, and we decided very early on to go to Iceland together. Archie had been on his own, and and I had really wanted to go. So we booked these tickets, knowing each other for about a minute, wow. and it became a really magical place for us because that was sort of where we actually started to piece together what would become our life uh with Ferris and Sylvester and how it would work and um and it's just a very special place a very inspirational place it's kind of hard to go there and not feel incredibly uh sort of blown away and inspired photos can't really do it justice but we got a car and we drove around the whole thing and it you know everything changes you look like you're on the moon one second and then you're mm. in this like luscious green fjords and it's amazing so it sort of became a real a real place for us. Went back the following year, did the same thing. I don't think we actually had our album cover in mind. It was more just, who are we? We wanted to, mm. we wanted photos to to show what we did. And I guess also because of the American British thing, we were like, we're kind of nowhere. So mm. why don't we just go to this place that we feel really like connects us? And so we asked Dan Harris, who's a wonderful photographer, great friend, and we were like, would you be up for coming with us? And he was like, yes, but here's my condition. I only want to shoot on film. So we were like, okay, yeah, done. Which meant that <laughs> we did three days out there. And then it was like a real gamble. Let's hope nothing gets lost. Let's hope the mm-hmm. film doesn't get wet. Let's hope everything stays in good condition. Otherwise, we'll have done this trip for nothing. So a little bit of a risky game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was basically the backstory to it. But we went out there and that picture, that cover we discovered this bridge and it just sort of felt like a really, really exciting space. And Dan managed to sort of frame it up 
perfectly. But then the game was not to get hit by a car. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't a pedestrianised bridge, was it? It wasn't. And there weren't any, (laughs) there there wasn't really anywhere to stand. And so we were running back and forth and just making sure that we weren't going to get hit by cars or that the cars weren't going to be in the shot. And okay. Made you run way, faster. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Two-way traffic as well. So it was just... Because you couldn't... <laughs> if you were on the bridge, it's not like a car was coming and you had to... You could just stand to the side and let the car pass. You had to be the other side of the bridge to <laughs> right. let the car pass. So there was... Well. I think... I don't know how many times you ran back and forth and enough times to definitely get a sweat on. It was... I was going to say, good job the photo's like quite zoomed out. If it was zoomed in on your faces, mm. would it have just been quite, well, quite oh. Oh, no, very no, attractive? Relaxed, you know, I'm not. Like Usain Bolt just sprinting down there. <laughs> in yeah. fact, the only digital piece of kit that we took out there, we hired a drone. That was what the drone? only digital bit that we got. So we had this bit of gear, which was really cool. So we've got a visual of us actually running. And you can see Archie's like kind of chilled and I'm literally behind him like gunning it like quick, quick, quick because I just couldn't run as fast as he. Um, well, my long legs and large belly doesn't fit in yeah. <laughs> Well, to talk through the album track by track, obviously you start off with the title track, Superhuman and such a brilliant start to the album. How important was it for you to, to start it off almost with like a bang? Mm. Well, that, that track... Um, we've toured that track a lot. So that one, it's beginnings. Um, well, it had its beginnings actually made, we made a demo of it and it was so different to how it sounds now. It was like quite swung. Um, it, we, we put a drum loop on it and then we had a slap delay on the drums. It was really cool. I listened back and I'm like, that is really cool. But then when we started doing it, um, we took it on the road and this is when we were just back then touring. It was literally just the two of us in the car. We had my kick drum and Izzy was playing bass guitar and I was playing electric guitar and we are both singing. And with the kick drum, you know, if you, you're playing, I'm playing it with my heel. So you can only do so much. It's, very, it's great, but it's quite limited. You know, you're not going to be doing the purdy shuffle with one heel. Um, so it was like four on the floor, kick drum, tambourine, off we go. And it worked really well and it became the opening song in our set when we were touring in 2019 where we, um, and probably the end of 2018 as well, actually. And it developed. It was probably longer. The verses were all different, but it had its chance to develop whilst it was on tour. And so when we got into the studio, that was the only way to do it. Mm. We, We had, um, we had to do it pretty much as we've done it live, which isn't always the way for songs, but for Superhuman, it had to be four on the floor, kick drum, straight up, off we go. I don't even know if this is literally guitar, bass and drums. I think that there's, there is some Hammond organ and a bit of piano, but yeah. the, the core of it is what we were doing live. So yeah, and we thought it's been a great opener for a live set. So it would be right for it to open the album. It sort of defined that era, that moment yeah. in time for us. It was like, this is who we are. And stripped back, quite raw. And yeah, as you said, that's what made it onto the record. That's that's the mm. only way it works. And so, um, yeah, it's, it was basically a hello, nice to meet this you. This is us. This is, the, yeah, this is us. So yeah. I found it really potent that you had your vocals in unison for the first song. Is that something you think about to start off the album? That's a good question, actually, because um, the whole album, we we sort of switch from perspectives. Sometimes the song is just one perspective or sometimes it's 
we're narrating something. But again, song one was a straight up argument between two people, mm. uh, person one, person two. So there's a lot of call and response. There's a lot of like tension. And so, and, and yeah, it's, it's a very sort of simple melody, simple song. And some of it is in unison. Some of it is in harmony, but it's because it's quite talked. It's a lot of it is about the performance, you know, that you can't really hide anywhere in this song. Yeah. Um, so that was a very interesting and quite kind of an, an important place to start. And also the album as a whole, it does have quite a lot of like struggle. We didn't really know that at the time when we were mm. writing it. But um, as Archie said, you know, what COVID gave us was actually some time to step back and be like, oh, we were writing an album about being really hungry and frustrated about stuff. And we didn't even know that until we finished it. Mm. Um, so all of those things, I think, made it a really important place to start before we then went off and did harmonies and all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, well, you said there's so many different themes to the album and that kind of moves on nicely to Golden, which I read you said is like a song for the dreamers and it feels like almost a time capsule. The video looks so much fun. How was that? <laughs> so that was much great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. We did that at um, Spiritual Bar, which is... In oh, where you Canada. met? Mm. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Yeah, so that's where we met. So that was, yeah, that was the idea of the video to to take it back to, to where we met and we would have played Golden in Spiritual Bar um, at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. the idea is very, very simply telling the story. Because I think in the music video, we've made quite a few music videos to an amazing um, director called Sam Rooks and we've learned, we've learned a lot from doing it. And I think it's very difficult to, to present quite an obtuse idea or, or, or an idea that has a lot of angles. Sometimes the best thing for a music video not always but um we've found the most engaging thing seems to be simple really simple mm. tell a story mm. and so we were very simply trying to portray the story of kind of how we met so in the video we start off the two of us are alone playing in yeah. the bar which is what we did we both played solo as solo musicians in spiritual bar um, and then we met and then we we're playing together to nobody. And then eventually there's there, uh, we've got a, a band comes around us. And then then eventually there's a few people having a good time in the bar. And mm-hmm. um, it was a nice little way of giving a nod to Spiritual Bar and um, Raf, Raphael Pesci, who owns it and runs it, who's a good friend of ours. And yeah, taking it back to there really to say uh, thanks for everything. Have you managed to be back there recently? Well, around that time, yeah, because actually it, we got back into the bar because the bar, like any other independent venue in the UK and across the world, really struggled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spiritual bar, especially in the UK, because unlike other venues, a lot of the nights are free entry, which makes it what it is. You know, you can mm-hmm. be anybody and you can go and sit down in Spiritual Bar, make friends, watch great music, and it's not going to break the bank. It doesn't mean, that, you know, it's it's mm. not exclusive in any way, which, of course, in a time like COVID is really, really difficult. So we hadn't been there for a while and its doors have been closed and doing this video. I mean, it was just 
it was it was amazing to be back and and there's like a new generation of people there now you know and mm-hmm. that's what happens there you know people come we spent every night there for a couple of years and you know you make your best friends you you meet your people <laughs> that's where I met you it's where yeah. you met me and then maybe people move away or something and new people come in so mm. it's always got a real zest of life in there yeah and so doing this video we just that's what we wanted to to capture and we actually did an open call. We were like, anyone who wants to come and be in it, oh, cool. we're just going to be, if you like the music, if you yeah. want to hear a new song, if you're up for goofing around for an afternoon, nice. in the evening, then yeah, come along. And and then after that, we just sort of like hung around for a bit. And I mean, it's great. If you're ever in London, in Camden, at a loose end, don't know what to do. There you go. Go and watch some music there. It's really I good. I have to. I have to. And I might even find a man whilst I'm at it, which would be even better. You might find a man. I mean, <laughs> I have. Good. I'm not the first. There was a... Someone, we, we we know a married couple who like met at one yeah. of our shows there. Oh, they came up to us recently, and they were like, "We came on a date to see you at Spiritual Bar, and now we're married." They're married. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. If in a year's time, if I get through that stage, then I'll let you know. I'll keep moving. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. I guess. That's nice. well, a great video and a, a great song. Go. Then up to number three on the album, Flying Visit, which is such a beautiful song. And am I right in thinking this is kind of Izzy talking about your time as a nanny and the perspective from a child? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. You've done your research. Um, yeah, I was a nanny in London for two and a half years and yeah, loved it. And I looked after mainly uh, one little lad called Otto, who that's a great name. was and still is to this day. He's now eight, though he is my best friend and he's Aww. he's awesome and he was very very uh switched on as a, as as a small kid and so we just had this idea to write like a love song but from the perspective of a child because children don't have the same trust issues as grown-ups you know yeah. when you're an adult you don't necessarily say exactly how you feel because there's so much risk you know the risks so you have this armor whereas a child will go I don't want you to go so stay Mm. and they're not at all embarrassed by how they feel so that sort of became the starting point and then I had I had all of these um phrases written down on my phone every time he he was about three at the time and every time he said something that was particularly profound or funny or just amazing I'd write it on my phone that's a Um, great idea yeah so we had all of these all of these sayings and one of them was when I think it was my birthday and him and his mum came the afternoon and um, and she said, you know, we've got to go. You know, this is just a flying visit. Oh. And uh, he sort of hung on to that phrase and was crying and was like, oh, I hate these flying visits. And then made me swear that the next time we went to see them, it had to be for 10 days. And I'll only see if you bring a suitcase and all of this stuff. Oh. And it sounds so weird saying it now because yeah. obviously now it's a song and and you hear it differently. But at the time it was just like this incredibly sweet boy just basically laying down the foundations of how it's going to work, which, yeah, was pretty cool. What's their reaction to the song? I obviously presume him and his family have heard it. Yeah, and I mean, Lucy, the mum, loves it. And Otto's very clever. I'm kind of worried that he's going to grow up and become a lawyer and sort of sue us one day. (laughs) Um, No, no, he he knows. He knows that 
the, yeah. the, he's got a song it's about him. He's a bit him. young to come to the gigs, but it, mm, I yeah. think um, are they going to come? We're playing at Cornbury in, in the the festival in the summer in the Midlands, which I think they're going to try and come to. Yeah, he comes Ooh. to a few and he sort of dances at the front and he knows. Like, I think he tells some of his mates. And so. I think it, he'll he'll when he grows up a bit, he'll he'll, he'll realize how cool it is. Even, yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe he'll probably hate it. He'll probably no. be listening to crime or something, and he'll be like, "Yeah, he loves, he loves Eminem at the moment." So I don't, oh, I don't wow. think we quite we quite match to what he's listening to. <laughs> well, there's a there's a link, I reckon, somewhere somewhere there. Oh um, hell yeah, I love Eminem. But... And obviously, <laughs> the song it's now probably taking on completely different meaning to a lot of different people because of COVID. How's that for you guys as songwriters? Well, that's the amazing thing about songs is that they can mean different things to different people, whether whether it's COVID or even before that, Flying Visit meant to us. We realised that um, it was actually, although it was written from the perspective of a, a toddler, really, it was saying things, as, as he said, that, that adults don't say. So we, we did, we realised that, but most people took it as a, as a straight up love song mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. which is great. And I think it's fantastic that songs can be interpreted in different ways. And obviously then it takes on another different meaning with the distance, people being separated during yeah, during the pandemic. Of course it takes on another mm. meaning and um, amazing. And it's amazing to watch a song evolve because, and especially the one we've written, I, I guess, yeah, it's, it's very proud of that really because there are songs that, you know, we probably listened to growing up that, would take us back to a certain period mm. in time. And if you listen to them again now, mm. um, they'll probably have a different meaning. Best example is um, Joni Mitchell, um, Both Sides Now. Oh, wow. And she, yeah. w- what, what an amazing song. And she recorded it when she was younger and it meant something then. And then she recorded it as, yeah, as an 60s. older, yeah, as oh, an older lady. Know. Wow. Yeah, mm. um, um, wow. which is actually... The original is you know, is the best version, whatever. But actually, mm. probably the best version is the is that when she's older, she's singing it lower down, and mm. it has a t- totally different meaning. Mm. Um, same song, same lyrics, so but different meaning in a different time period. So, I think that's the magic of songs. And it's, for, it's as a songwriter, I think once you've recorded and released the song, you don't have ownership of what it means to people anymore, mm. um, and you're releasing it so for true. people to interpret in their own way. And that's the magic of it, really. Like, I don't even think as the people who maybe wrote the song that you can fully understand what it means to other people. That's not in our control. That's for the listener to decide, which is the magic of, of yeah. songs, really. Please don't leave me out here you're gonna stay then you bring your suitcase and you make it 10 days cause i hate these flying visits i'll show you upstairs to your blow up bed you know you're my best friend don't say it's a flying visit Sickness, the next song on the album, kind of similar start with Flying Visit, and obviously it starts with your beautiful vocals, Izzy, and then builds up and up, and then got the epic guitar solo. It's just, yeah, the whole song. How hard is it vocally to to start off, you know, that crescendo, and then to draw it all the way back in at the end? How hard is that for you vocally? That's a really good question because actually that song we've been playing long enough now that it's different every time, especially that song. But 
you know it's it's not really like in your throat or technically where it should sit it's like it sounds a bit cliche but you know in your heart like where it Mm. should sit when you go into the song I have to say though we did have COVID earlier this year and all of a sudden those low bits it's not the loud bits it's the lower bits that you've got to really control became a lot harder and I sort of had to reteach myself how to how to sing that so that's a funny question to answer post-COVID um that question is also linked to how we sing together you know how we play together because you sort of have to obviously a lot of rehearsal goes into it when you're doing two leads especially but it also has to come from like a an understanding of knowing what's going to happen knowing okay if I'm singing this way that's what your guitar is going to do there's a lot of ebb and flow Mm -hmm. and it just takes a lot of time but I think with that song in particular so much of that song comes from Archie's guitar yeah so it's ridiculous it looks so fun to play live ridiculous it's it's absolutely insane like whenever whenever Archie does that on stage it doesn't matter how we've done that however 400 times but that guitar solo whenever you do it on stage normally Archie's at the front and I'm I'm further back and I'm literally like that is insane that's amazing and then I have to sort of sing really quietly at the end Mm. and I'm just like guys how good was that (laughs) yeah but that's so true it sums up so well just uh, musically the two together the guitar and your vocal yeah like with the whole album And there's another epic guitar, I mean, there's so many different epic guitar moments, but on Parties Over, another Mm. really electric start to the song. It's a question that you ask a lot on your podcast about what comes first or what's most important for you musically or lyrically. What Mm. do you find, or maybe specifically with that song or just in general? With with Parties Over? Yeah, yeah, with Parties Over, yeah. Uh, Well, for, for Parties Over specifically, we had the guitar riff first. We yeah. wrote that we then wrote the song around around the guitar riff. Interestingly, um, didn't we? yes, you are right. <laughs> Am I? I but don't remember. you were like, right, blue song, let's go. And we wrote the guitar riff. I had had it's a totally different rhythm, but I'd had this sort of like blues clappy thing mm. about getting married. Mm. I think it was like verse one or verse two. Oh, it yeah. was only a couple of lines, and then we combined them. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a combination. Basically. The so they were kind of both first. Yeah, kind I, of both I, yeah, first. Yeah, I guess that time you had an idea for the for um the wedding theme and I had the idea for the riff and we put them together. Yeah. So they yeah, both came cool. first. Yeah, because yeah, you say there's no like blueprint with your songwriting as a group. It's no. very is it very different? Each song's got a different process to it. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, some well. some will be similar to the last yeah. one. Yeah. But then some some will be totally different. Um during COVID I started to I wanted to learn how to play some drums. Cool. And yeah, so cool. we actually started. I'm, I can't play drums. Um, he's but, lying. He re- it's really annoying yeah. for anyone listening. He's one of those people that can pick up any instrument and play it really, oh, really God, well. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I can't, honestly, I cannot play drums well, but I can. I can play almost in time sometimes, um, but I can't play anything complicated or anything like that. that but we did. Um, we so we started using the drums as a way 
without even thinking about it as a way to like start writing a song for the first oh. time it's like oh look this drum beat's quite cool let's start with that yeah. and then oh, go cool. from there and so yeah. that opens up different worlds but yeah parties over yeah we're constantly trying to find ways to play an instrument that feel fun and inspiring mm. um because i think you go through phases especially when you've played an instrument for a long time and you pick it up and and you you play the same you get into a routine and yeah. you go Uh, yeah and it just feels the same Mm. um and you know maybe sometimes for example parties over tune the guitar down to um a c drop c tuning i guess it's i don't think it's open c is not what you call it but it's it's basically if you strum it it strums a c chord but it's dropped quite a long way down for an acoustic guitar yeah um then we write the song from there which wouldn't have written the song in standard tuning probably mm. um yeah. and that that is a theme throughout the album of trying to just pick up a guitar and make it feel a bit alien um mm. so that you don't go into the same routine same patterns if you do that because then you end up first of all it's not it doesn't feel inspiring and if you just end up writing the same stuff all the time having said that constantly also having to remind ourselves that c g d on the acoustic guitar <laughs> just as good inspiring just as very good good. have you got any other instruments that you're looking to try and learn or get to grips with yeah um (laughs) yeah i love um i love just uh trying different stuff i mean what's been your most recent one well i started learning um a bit more about piano as well during the pandemic like listening to stevie wonder and trying to oh wow like work it out and um I bought a violin. Uh, I thought I'd be able to play it. I can't, but we, we, it has turned up in a couple of recordings. We worked with an artist called Will Poyer here, and I played the violin on one of the tracks. <laughs> oh, and the ocarina as well. One, um, oh, that's um, like the blow into it. It's like a yeah. South American a yeah. clay thing yeah. with holes yeah, yeah, in it, yeah. uh, and you blow into it. Yeah, Just, That was going for the Ennio Morricone, the good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly vibe. Just one one thing to say, which is I don't I don't know why I find this so funny, but it is really funny. Archie is the best percussionist <laughs> out of any of the drum of the amazing drummers that we've yeah. worked with, and we've been lucky enough to work with a handful of insane drummers. So this is nothing against them, but Archie's connection with rhythm mm-hmm. is insane, and I've never known someone to be so on it with a tambourine or a shaker like wow. if i try i'm awful it's just it's actually a really hard thing to do yeah. give archie a triangle a shaker a tambourine <laughs> and uh, michael the producer that we work with quite a lot who we work with on this record and um we just sit there laughing because <laughs> archie will just get up and do it and we're like oh for god's sake how how on earth do you do that no, wow. it's like, just sit here and do it like all day, every day. If we're doing a demo or a recording or someone else, and so like, oh, I wish you'd shake it there. I'll just sit here and get a microphone and then do it. And I tell you what, it's much quicker to do it in time than have mm-hmm. to fix it afterwards. <laughs> so <laughs> don't have to play in time. Wow. Well, there you go. You must be the dream in the school. Did you be in the school band or orchestra or anything like that? No, I was. No, I, I was. Really too cool for that. Is he? Yeah, was? No, I was. I, I was. I was the least cool person ever. I played the flute, so <laughs> I was the least cool person and you were in the choir and stuff i was yeah, in the cool. choir and i played the flute basically <laughs> thank you to all my friends who are my friends because what was i doing <laughs> no it's no, cool to play the lot. flute lizzo's made it very cool 
Oh, I'm, I mean, Lizzo is literally the queen and she calls her flute Sasha and Sasha <laughs> has her own Instagram page and her own personality and it's awesome. There you go. I can imagine you're just as cool in the school orchestra. Oh god, I wish. I wish. Hey! Sound the bells, I'm getting married today. Sound the bells, On to the next track. This is how my voice sounds, which we spoke about earlier, which now I can call it a, a monster. Are you call it a monster? Monster nightmare song. Monster, yeah. monster nightmare. Um, again, I keep talking about it being live, but in particular, the whole hear me sing it out at the end. And just as such an epic song, what is, what's that song like to play live? A monster. A monster. No, it's, it's, it's quite hard, like sort of in the same realm of sickness where you have to sort of take a deep breath and know that, Mm. know that it's going to go sort of from level one to level 10 you've got to go there yeah you've got to go yeah. there you, you can't do it half yeah. heartedly really that's yeah. the same very i think it's the same for any any song anytime you're doing a performance you've got to go there but you you're really have to go there for this is how my voice sounds but then actually i think it's probably fair to say we, we, when we first started playing it live we tried to overcomplicate it and we were trying to find a way to you know because on that recording there's a choir and there's strings. Yeah, yeah. And we're not going to be touring with the choir and strings right now. Maybe we will be one day, but for the odd occasion. So actually we had to find a way of doing it live, which meant um, just playing the song and just getting, just going there with your performance. I used to play mm. it on the piano, but actually just logistically on stage, it doesn't work for me to play piano. So I play guitar. Mm, and Izzy, yeah. Izzy has no instrument. We decided that the most powerful way is actually strip it right back. Mm. Just have one guitar and Izzy's voice. Then when the band comes in, it has you know it has the same effect as having the build with the strings and stuff on the record. But that's the way that we do it live. Izzy then picks up the bass guitar. There's a point where you can pick it up, and so when the band drops for the last chorus, it's the first time you hear the drums. It's the first time you hear the bass and it, and it and it hits you just the same as you know having a massive choir and having mm. um yeah. string section and stuff on record. I think it's kind of like this is always gonna be the whether whether you want to strip things back, whether you wanna play it exactly like the record when you do it live. I know different artists wanna do it in different ways. The way we see it is song is king. And so yeah. it's just about getting that song across and especially with this one, you know, it's about finding your voice. It's supposed to empower people. Things that might be really, really important in other songs aren't important in this one. It's like, it's, it kind of has set its own rules. It's like, you need to be able to sort of look everyone in the eye in the audience. Mm. Not actually, because that would be really scary. Oh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but, you know, metaphorically touch yeah. everyone yeah. and just be like, it is okay to be yourself. It is okay. And that is more important as Archie said than having strings a big old arrangement um and I think that that's a lesson that we've that we've really really learned is just from playing live mm. a lot mm. whether it's to two people 20 people 200 people 2000 yeah. people whatever it's 
that has to be how you arrange your songs how are you going to get this song across and make people feel what they need to feel yeah I love that I love the line a little piece of furniture in your home oh yeah 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 don't be a doormat yeah yeah very cool this is how my voice sounds and I'm gonna sing it out this is really how my voice sounds and I think I should say it now I have no idea what I'm doing here And you have no idea how that feels No, I don't belong to myself I just belong to their ideal I'll be whatever you want, whoever they want A little piece of furniture in your home A piece for everyone, a buffer to the cold And I think I should say it now it's talking of lyrics. Number seven, Thunder Love, which I think it's got a real like funky start to it. And obviously, Archie, you're very smooth and almost enticing vocals, I would say. And I love the first line, I've got secrets of mine the way you tread. Uh, do you remember how the song first came about? I remember how that lyric came about. Oh, cool. Um, go on. <laughs> Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, really? Because Breaking Bad, Walter White, when Hank... Oh, this is going to be a big spoiler. Anyone who has not watched Breaking Bad, cover your ears for the next 10 seconds. When Walter White, sorry, when Hank, his brother-in-law, figures out that he is the guy, he's Heisenberg, and they sort of have a bit of a standoff. And you think that Walter White is going to say, if you know me at all, know that, you know, I love you or something. And he goes, if you know me at all, it's important to tread lightly and it's just such a great oh, line wow. it's so good and he just says it so quietly and that actually became the starting point that was the first the first lyric there wow. you go breaking bad do you often find reference or influence from culture around you breaking bad mainly right i don't think we've written any other songs about breaking bad i don't I think, think also the song isn't about breaking bad no, but no. I, I guess yeah the point is that you can find inspiration and go somewhere totally diff- different with it. Definitely. Yeah, I think we probably do. I think you're just always subconsciously consuming whatever's around you. Sometimes, I don't know, it, I think bo- both of us just, it can be something seemingly quite mundane that gives you an idea um, mm. for, for a song. And I think, and we break this rule sometimes, but um, we start off with the rule that we should just be telling the truth in a song. And so there yeah. can be, you know, back to sort of flying visit, I guess, you know, that was a, just a, a throwaway comment from a, from a little boy. And it, and it can actually, if you think about it for a second, it can be quite meaningful. Mm. Um, and I think that happens across the album and across songwriting in general you can just go on a small moment. And when you actually say it out loud, you go, oh, yeah, actually, that means something. That's how I feel. Um, yeah. Mm. I also think just with Thunder Love, I think it's... um we tried really hard the whole point of the album titled superhuman is basically to say we're all human beings and we all have these ugly emotions that people don't want to talk about mm. and this song is predominantly about uh rage i would say and so it's about getting those themes in that normally people won't necessarily want to talk about and everyone has them everyone yeah. i think it's when you're born your main emotions it's not like happy sad it's like fear rage and can't remember what the other one is there's like three and so I think that was a really important thing to not shy away from you know if you're going to write a song about 
a temper or rage, write it. Don't try and fluff it up. Don't try and change it to, to make it sound less real. So that was that was kind of an important song. Wow. And, and inspired by the cider as well, if you get rage on the cider. <laughs> cider. What's called cool? Cheddar. cheddar. <laughs> Thunder Love is about cheddar. <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry. breadwinner i love the playfulness or the playfulness to the lyrics and uh your vocals around that like the way you talk over me and yeah just interjection behind that i just find it very very clever and like quite different i suppose to some of the other songs in that way overall is it quite a positive outlook on uncertainty within life is that the right way of putting it i think that's 100%. fair yeah that's definitely i think that's totally fair i think it's a song about striving for something but mm. with hope mm, that, always. that you might yeah. get there I think, yeah, definitely that song. It has, um, yeah, it's the, the playfulness in the vocals and, you know, we're always conscious that no one wants to hear, uh, I guess some people do, but we don't want to hit, to listen and tell fairy tales about everything being perfect because it's yeah. boring and it's also not true. Mm. Um, and so we're not like this sort of perfect songwriting couple where everything just falls in place and we have struggles and arguments just like everybody else yeah. and um, breadwinner yeah is touching on that and we try to use the the way that we sing it you know you're always talking over me that we always talk over each other <laughs> so all day, interviews okay. are very good oh uh, well that i don't know that's years of practice yeah basically well we did have to get we we, we thought about having a system um <laughs> I don't really have a system, but I think maybe we've learned to just let the, let the other one finish. But when we're writing a song, mm. it, is, it can be infuriating because it, cause mm. it will be like, um, oh, yeah, I've got this idea. And then, or Izzy will say, normally it's probably me, actually. Izzy will say, I've got this idea. And before she's even finished, I'm I'm like, oh, yeah. Or, or no, this is a better one. Yeah. Or, no, no what I do is if I go, I've got this idea and pick up a guitar and my fingers go in the shape of a G chord, you literally walk <laughs> out. You're like, no. No, no, that's <laughs> not true. That's that's absolutely not true. You don't like a G chord? No, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. Well, not, we hear, heard true. it here first. That happened <laughs> once. And as you can see, you've got nerve and you're bringing Never bringing let it up. down. Yeah. Who came up with the whole breadwinner? I think that's a great name and a great word to use in a song. I can't actually remember. It's sort of a word, I think, that, you know, for our generation, our generation is very, very different to our parents' generation or yeah. our parents' parents' generation where, you know, we've got a whole bunch of overachievers and especially with social media, everybody mm. is doing well. Everybody's doing stuff. Everybody is thriving. More people are going to university than ever have done. Um, so there's all these positives. But I'm sure anyone in their 20s and 30s can agree that getting any kind of financial stability in any you know walk of life is really really difficult and so this song sort of um I remember we wrote somewhere that you think your life is going to be like an indie film where you're all living in some kind of cool loft somewhere and then you realize that it's going to be like an, an unseen episode of peep show and <laughs> you're just there like 
this isn't what I imagined it to be. Mm. But there's something to celebrate in that, actually, because it's a different time. It's so different. To, and Peep Show is great. And Peep Show is very funny and very great. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a whole different time. So, and this word breadwinner as being, you know, bringing home the bacon, all of that stuff mm. that you, you know, you see in films from the 60s and 70s of like the, yeah. the guy coming home with the briefcase and all of that. It's just not really how life is now. And so that one word sort of takes you to that place yeah. quite instantly. It's been a long working day. It's been a long working week. Remember when we thought it was easy. Sometimes I think the week could pack this thing in. But I wanna be your And on number nine, so Vices, I love the acoustic guitar introduction and probably some of my favourite harmonies, I'll say, on, on this song in particular. The lyrics behind it, because you've got Johnny and, and Jane, and is it very much I kind of interpret it as hard times faced within a family? Do you kind of remember the writing process behind this one? I actually, I do for this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I do for all of them. But some, sometimes it's actually interesting when you go, where did that song start? And you, you mm. don't know. But I remember this one. We wrote this one in Izzy's kitchen. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, I think uh, the guitar part came from, yeah, like a, just a picking right-hand technique around a G chord, basically. Oh. So I do like G chords. Oh, Sorry. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, but as you can see, you actually I never play G. It's always around the G That's chord. That's what I mean. G you, roots it. You change um, the G that he, yeah thank you um and um next tour poster he changes the g yeah <laughs> yeah and we 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 um yeah and we we decided to tell a story and i think we were i think this is probably where it came from we were in a, a block of flats and we could hear the upstairs neighbor shouting and arguing sometimes mm. um and so but then we come down the stairs and be really really lovely yeah and and i think that's where that's that was sort of the inspiration for that for that song vices we yeah. you know we, we all we all have our vices i mean we all have our vices um so we wrote that song it wasn't necessarily about izzy and i in that period of time but it was you know he was also still admitting that yeah actually izzy and i also have our vices as well as the couple upstairs arguing Mm-hmm. even though we probably wrote it based on them. Sometimes it's easier to put yourself in someone else's brain, but yeah. you can never get away from yourself as a songwriter. Mm. Do you like writing from different perspectives and obviously just not always from internally your perspective? I think it's actually quite important because I don't think that that means that you're not truthful and that's something that we've learned. I mean, you're always sort of toying with being a songwriter and being a musician I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but it's quite a selfish thing to do because you're constantly sort of tapping into your to your emotions yourself. And sometimes it's really, really fun to do something different and narrate from a different perspective and tell a story from, you know, like you're looking in. Um, yeah. And the greats do it. I mean, Beatles do it very, very well. Yeah, everyone yeah. does it. And I think that a different perspective, especially when we're so honest and real about our relationship, it sort of gives a little bit of respite yeah. to the 
intensity of a record. Um, and as Archie said, you know, obviously there's lots of parallels and it's all still about yeah. relationships and, and, and what have you. But creating these characters, it, it sort of gives you the license to, to go further, which so cool. Yeah, was good. was good fun. Johnny's got a new toy he plays with it every night. He doesn't touch his old one, never gets home in time. He says, I can't be forgiven for all that I've done. And I've been playing too much and it's time that I was done. doll's house with ivy up one side she's waiting every evening for husband to arrive she says how did i get here i only wanted a glass but i'm halfway through the book and so number 10 demons archie is this your favorite oh. song on the album is not? it my favorite song oh, on thought, the album? yeah i mean this is what i saw but i, I might have, I might have changed that? since then i change my opinion all the time yeah we do change about my favorite song i i um yes it's my favorite. Have, it doesn't have to be. I could be wrong. I does, it doesn't matter. Um, it probably was when I said that, and um, yeah. so yeah, I wasn't lying. Actually, yeah, I, I think it might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Now yeah, thinking yeah. about it, Push I do really thing. like Demons, and I, I also love. Um, I like playing it live. It's a real challenge, mm-hmm. and that was. There's so um, many different elements to it. Yeah, that was another way. That was us. We were trying to push ourselves to write a song in a different way that we, yeah. I don't think, we still, ever had done before. We still was, can't agree what the different sections are called. Well, like, the, the idea. So the idea it. for this song came from, as you just mentioned, the Beatles, a track called "Happiness Is a Warm Gun," which oh, is wow. um, it's on the on the White Album, I think. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on the White Album. Wow, I feel like you've got very good music knowledge. He's an encyclopedia. Is that wow. the word? Thesaurus of music. No, a encyclopedia and a thesaurus of music is not right. <laughs> that would be thinking of different words for music. Yeah. I'm definitely a, a dictionary. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, listen to it because, yeah, I used to be um, a delivery driver in London for a long time and I'd listen to that track over and over in the van. <laughs> and um, I just thought it was so amazing that the Beatles had, shown everybody how to write a pop song how to write a two and a half minute three minute pop song and then they just tore up the rule book and went yeah yeah you can do that and you can also do this and happiness is a warm gun nothing ever repeats in the song it's just it keeps going and the time signatures change Mm. and eventually you get kind of to the chorus at the end of the song but i found it so interesting i listened again and again and again and like tried to play along i was like wow okay so they 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 drop a beat there and so the challenge i guess the idea for um demons was i think we already had the idea for the song demons uh, um about writing about our demons and so it felt natural to put that to a musical piece that also had its demons it wasn't necessarily verse chorus middle eight chorus whatever so actually the time signature changes in every section and the key changes three times in that song the idea was and i don't know whether we achieved it or not was that you change time signature and key but you no one notices because no one should you shouldn't notice those things changing if you're going to change them it should be natural 
But that was the premise of that song. So, yeah, oh. is it my favourite song? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that song from the Beatles. I have to check it out. Yeah, Happiness is a Warm Gun. It's genius. Love oh. it. I see you. I got my demons. And don't they love me? I feel Pushing down on my lungs. When I'm asleep. I got my demons. And don't they love me? It's time I shook hands with the devil and walked straight down his street. Well, the penultimate song on the album, Darkness, I Feel, which I I really think stands out. Just such a beautiful song and the exchanges between your vocals. So I've seen the video and obviously that's obviously very much a live recording. What was then the song that you put on the album? Yeah, I mean, that was the last song we wrote for the record. Oh, right. And it's my favourite. I can say that. Oh. I think quite freely now. Um, But for many reasons, but I think it's sort of a bit of, respite from the rest of the album's like struggle because Mm. this theme runs throughout and then you've got this weird little song that actually isn't about that it's sort of about even though it's quite a sad song at first it's actually a song about having faith in each other rather than trying to look for this sort of like superhuman thing that's going to give your life meaning it's like well no the meaning in your life will be in yourself and your friends and being human. And I think that it was sort of a a hymn for those who don't necessarily have a faith. There was all sorts of themes that were going on, but we did the demo of it and we didn't know if we were going to have time to record it, but I really wanted to. And, you know, Archie's on, on lead vocals, his yeah. vocals lead the song, and then there's my vocals sort of, it's like a call and response, I do the chorus. Yeah. Um, but there were so many elements to it that was like, this doesn't really fit with the rest of them. So let's see how we're doing for time. And I just was like, come on, come on, come on. And it ended up being um, the humming. We took that from the demo that we did in our Stratton flat. And uh, we had Michael, who produced a lot of that record, on the keys. And then we just did the vocals. It was the last day of the recording process. Mm. Um, It feels really raw, the vocals and also just the lyrics. It is such a beautiful song. Thank you. Thank you. I think that it also was a great way for us to show maybe a little into what who we're growing into um because you know this album really does spread across our our whole existence up to the point when we recorded it so songs like sickness the first version of sickness was written years ago and so to have this song that sort of came in and was like wow this is this is sort of where we could go where our sound a little bit more maturity maybe a little bit less struggle and more appreciation for life and all of that I think that that was actually it it turned out to be quite important yeah yeah it's such a beautiful song and so great as a listener to have so many different elements to music within the songs and yeah it's it's amazing it's probably one of my favorites it's hard to believe it the darkness I feel I have never met Jesus no matter how hard I kneel I don't believe in angels I don't believe they'll save me From the darkness I feel So throw me to the flames 
And the last one, special. The introduction and the ending of the song on the album. So it sounds like there's like live recordings to start it off and to finish it. Do you know what specific, if I'm right with that or not? You are right. It started about during the album, actually, but um, we had this sort of um, obsession with binaural recordings um, uh, when we were when we were in sawmills. Binaural recording just it means recording what we hear as humans, or trying to get as close as possible to what we hear as humans. So you record in stereo, but what makes it binaural is you have to have the weight of a human head between the microphones. And so you can buy fancy microphones. Uh, Neumann make, make one as the Neumann head. And they, they've it's got, terrifying. It, wow. it literally looks like a human head and it has the weight and density of a human head. It's got ears and a nose what? and everything. It's really and, weird. And what? so when you, listen, when you listen in headphones, you feel like you're there. You're literally, mm. if, you, if you record an orchestra with a binaural a head, for example, and you listen in headphones, it would feel as though you are standing where the, where the head is. Wow. Um, and if you turn it, you know, it, it reacts the same way as we hear in stereo. It's amazing to listen to in, in headphones. There's a great album by Perfume Genius, engineered by Sean Everett, produced by Blake Mills. I think he's just about to release a new album, actually. Oh, cool. They recorded most of the tracking with the binaural head, even the vocals. So he's singing straight up into this head we didn't have a neumann um final head because they they didn't have one at sawmills but we do have these little headphones which do the same thing which actually when we played a great escape in i don't know 2019 was it we played on the sennheiser bus stage which was actually just in the street and they gave us these headphones but at first i was like oh well, these granddad headphones so you like go go around your ear they're literally like first first yeah, 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 they look like hearing aids. <laughs> but that's very what cool. they look like. Um, not very cool. And then I realised they record binaural recordings and they're very, very good. And they oh. use your own head rather than building a, a, a skull. You, you literally use your own head to do it. So even for like videos and stuff, you record it in binaural and then you listen back in headphones and it feels like you're in the video. Yeah, if you're like walking through a crowd, it's it's all the sensations of people mm. walking past you. It's, it's oh. clever. I've been trying to get some like um, Foley binaural recordings and there's a couple made it onto parties over the intro is, is you can hear like a train. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a binaural oh, recording wow. of the train at Sawmills studio. So I just cool. stood and then listened to the train go past. So if you listen to that in headphones, you can actually hear the train going. I think it goes from left, from left to right actually. And then special we recorded the intro and the outro with the binaural headphones outside at Sawmill Studio by the water. So you can hear the yeah. bubbling brook. And yeah, we must have, I must have had a click in my ear. Yeah, you did. Because the rest of that track is recorded to click, to specific tempo. Mm-hmm. And then I, I played the guitar and Michael had the headphones recording and he starts with his head really close to the guitar and then walks walks backwards and so it sounds nice on speakers but to get the effect you have to listen in headphones and then you should feel like you were there where michael was standing but 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 what you do get in speakers is yeah he starts far away gets closer and then the song starts and then at the end he leaves and as beautiful as the effect is it was so funny to do it was honestly (laughs) the funniest thing you don't just use your head as you would do 
a normal person mm-hmm. he's literally there like really close up to Archie's chest and then like turns <laughs> away and it took so many takes because the three of us were just <laughs> laughing so so hard and in fact the take I've got a video of it the take that actually made it onto the record when Michael then moves away Archie's playing the guitar and just laughing silently trying really hard not to make a sound but yeah it was it was a funny old it was like one o'clock in the morning and we were all giddy and yeah So some quick fire questions on the album. We might have covered most of this before. Uh, which mm. song came together the quickest and which, which took the longest? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh. The quickest? Probably Darkness, I feel. Um, yeah, or, or Special. Oh, no, no. No, Special had a bit of a... Special had a... Freddie Mercury moment. Yeah, Spe- yeah, Special. <laughs> yeah, the first demo we did, it sounded like Queen and we were like, yeah, cool. Just we're not Freddie. We're no one <laughs> queen. So um, yeah, darkness. I feel probably came together the, the quickest. Quickest, yeah. nice. But, and the longest. It's hard to say because I don't know. I'm probably go, sickness. We could go with sickness because it was written the the longest ago. Yeah. But then also the recording that you hear on the album came together very quickly. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, came together in one afternoon in in uh, the pool studios. Probably voice. Voice took yep. the longest to actually bring together together yeah. as a recording yeah. yeah so i've got do you have a favorite song off the album but we've gone demons and izzy or is darkness i feel yeah do that can be flexible in future interviews don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, don't um, that. Today, yeah today okay today, today. Uh, do you have a favorite lyric yeah go on <laughs> it's really hard because i i think probably darkness i feel i just mm. i love the um so throw me to the flames i guess i'm going to hell then I don't need them to pray. I just need a friend. I love that. I think mm-hmm. I think that that is just, um, if anyone has been in that place, I don't know, I think it just represents it quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm. I like that choice. I can't choose the same one, can I? I need you to can choose. if you want to. No, I think I think I should choose a different one. Um, <laughs> it's really hard, actually, to go back and like say, yeah. what's, what's your favourite lyric off your own album? But I did yeah. say that we had been able to listen to it with a bit of distance so I should be able to choose Mm. um and so I I I I think probably it would be one from darkness I feel as well yeah probably maybe I like the concept of the sort of anti him um Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing there's nothing against religion in there but it's more like finding faith in something regardless of whether Mm. you're religious or not yeah, the way you summed it up, Izzy, was perfect. Would you say a hymn for people that don't have faith? or Yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, I thought you summed it up really I, well. Because I think then sometimes there's a, there's a habit of, of feeling like then there's nothing out there for mm. you. You know, if you don't connect with a certain religion, then or not at that moment, you know, you might, but you might have yeah. lost your faith wherever you are. 
it's actually quite a massive moment to realize that there's faith in being a human being that yeah, is, is actually like especially during covid like so many people are going through stuff on their own and when you go through things and it's just you it can feel like number one like it doesn't matter and number two like it's no one's ever been there before or you know there's nothing really that extraordinary going on because it's just you know you wake up you you do human you you breathe in and out you eat and you yeah. go to sleep and all of these human things and then um if you can find yeah one good friend in your life can change it really I do I do have one lyric <laughs> that I also really like you have, I haven't said my favorite one yet oh you found one well I haven't said one. Oh, yet. okay sorry <laughs> oh wait for me yeah it's um I have never met Jesus no matter how hard I kneel yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, I like that one yeah I like that one yeah I like Thunder love, it's a habit. We don't understand it. We can't even help it. It's a habit. I quite mm-hmm. like that. Mm, love that one. That was written in the studio, fun fact. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. uh, when you're putting the song together, you, you wrote the lyrics whilst you're putting it together in the studio. That yeah, one. we just, we, we didn't like the middle eight. I can't even remember what it was, but we were like, oh, we hate this. We mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> what mm-hmm. do we do? And so we just, uh, yeah, we just wrote it in the studio. Nice. So to finish with, again, you can do it individually or together. It's up to you. So it's called What's the Occasion? I give you three different occasions and you've got to pick one song for each occasion off the album. So say okay. you've got a wedding. We'll do, we do it together. Okay, do it together. You've got a wedding, yeah. a dinner party and a car road trip. So those are your three occasions. Okay. A He's wedding. really excited about this. <laughs> well, I have like a joke answer and a real answer. Okay. Because I think probably for a wedding it would be flying visit. Uh, no. Oh, no? No, no. We're going to have to do it separately. No, no, we'll do it together. But, but for, for a wedding, it should be, well, party's over. Don't do it. Well, that's what I was going to say. That <laughs> yeah. was not going to be my joke answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the one. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay. party's over. Nice. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah. A dinner uh, party. Dinner party. Kind of dinner party. Well, like, I'm thinking like vinyl, I would say vinyl with friends, just like, Bit of a conversation starter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dinner, dinner party, party. what are you feeling? Um, I, I don't think, know. Like, you know, this. <laughs> I think we should make it weird. Like, who, like who's there? Just friends. Because, <laughs> you know, like sometimes, okay. <laughs> like, who would you invite out of deceased famous musicians? Oh, okay. Everyone said, okay. If it was a dinner party like that, it would be different if it was a dinner party with, with, with our friends. I think you should just oh. bring people out, sit them all down at like, six like really early and then just blast out demons oh okay, keep everyone that's on the shout. it's gonna be a yeah. wild ride guys yeah that's a great shout start doing the party off with the bang here's some scotch eggs yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't be there yet if it was 6 p.m by the way yeah. <laughs> scotch egg at 6 p.m not a usual daily dinner party kind of thing my dinner party is weird scotch eggs. yeah scotch eggs are rogue your oh. choice of dinner party you can have that or cocktail sausage it's one of the two and car road trip some people like listen to really sad songs. I'm much more of an upbeat kind of listener to car songs, but I think a good driving song is Thunder Love. That's quite a good mm. driving song. Yeah. Because the, the, the drums coming, <laughs> that's like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're grooving. We're uh, cruising. We're cruising. Yeah. Perfect. And maybe, maybe I just like drop in when you're at the lights <laughs> and there's like loads of people around, like roll down all the windows and just bang out like sickness. Mm. But that's a slow burner. You'd start off cruising and then you'd be doing 120 on mobile <laughs> by the time you get to Yeah, the end. <laughs> yeah. Again, just, wow. just, just keep people on their toes, basically, in the car. 
I think set the pace. Okay, fine. Thunder fine. love. Yeah. Just set come the on, pace. we're just cruising. This is we set the cruise control now. At, okay. At, at, at seventy-seven, off we go. Okay, fine. Marvelous. Well, we got there. Thank you very much. We've definitely uncovered superhuman. What have you got coming up in the future? We are two weeks away from going on tour in the UK. That's um, right. Very exciting. Awesome dates coming up, um, which uh, we're supporting uh, Mystery Jets, who love their awesome. Very um, exciting. And then, yeah, and then also supporting Zuccaro, who's a blues Italian god. Ooh. So he's very cool. And we're playing with him at uh, two nights at Royal Albert Hall. Is is probably the highlight oh, wow. of the whole section, which we're excited about. Mm-hmm. And then we've got um, a headline show in London coming up on the 12th of May at Powerhouse, which is in Camden, just down the road from Spiritual Bar, which is nice. Um, Used to be Dingwalls, but they've uh, sort of rebooted with a cool new name. So we're going to be playing there. Yeah, I mean, there's just to have this album out, it's just changed so much for us. I mean, we're we're very excited to be going out and playing these songs. Our vinyl is still to arrive. We decided to not wait because obviously you, you, you put COVID and Brexit and then add a war into the mix and... Yeah. you know people need music uh so we Definitely. weren't we weren't going to wait around but that's coming up as well and the vinyl is really gorgeous we're ex- very excited to hold that in our hands so. amazing oh very excited thank you i really really appreciate your time because i know it's it's a long one going through the album but it's such a great album and i'm just really really excited for what you guys have got going on in the future so thank you very much for your time Thanks for having us. This has been so fun. It's been so nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, lovely to meet you.